Hey, David Chuddick here, Certified Financial Planner with Parallel Financial. If you're new to the podcast, please check out our website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. Take a moment, download our roadmap to financial success. We're excited today to be talking with Lindsay White of High Voltage Leadership. Make sure to check out her website, www.highvoltageleadership.ca, because she's in Canada. And don't forget, if there's anything that's keeping you up at night from a financial basis, email me, david at parallelfinancial.com. Let's set a time, whether it be by Zoom, by phone, or in person, and let's talk about these things and see what your next steps are. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. My name is David Chuddick, and I am a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. And I want to talk to you a little bit about three questions that I'm getting from my clients lately. And those three questions are, hey, the stock markets are at or near all-time highs almost on a daily basis. So should my money be invested in the stock markets? Um, And the other two questions that I'm hearing a lot of are about inflation. How should my personal financial plan be dealing with inflation and good old taxes? Aren't taxes just bound to go up and how should I be handling that? So if you'd like to discuss these issues with me, email me at david at parallelfinancial.com. We can get together by Zoom. We can get together by phone call or even in person if you are comfortable and local. But today we are going to talk about leadership, and I'm very excited to have Lindsay White with us today of High Voltage Leadership, and we're talking about leadership brands, and really as entrepreneurs, leadership can help you, proper leadership can help you to build and manage your wealth because it uh, helps you with your resources. So, uh, hey, Lindsay, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about your company and how long you've been in the, uh, in the leadership, uh, leadership coach world. Yeah. So um, my company's called High Voltage Leadership, which really represents who I am. I'm a, I'm a super high voltage uh, individual. And I've actually been, the, I've had the practice for about four years, but I have been coaching um, senior leaders and executives for about 15 years um, corporately. And now again, um, you know, doing uh, my own thing. And um, it's something that I feel really passionately about is that everyone deserves to have a great leader, not a perfect one, but a great one. Um, And that, you know, being a great leader in your life and your business is um, will will absolutely uh, shift the way your whole world works, to be honest. Yeah, so the entrepreneurs of the world, they don't get leadership, leadership training in high school and grade school and college. So you kind of know your trade and, you know. Uh, but but you don't learn how to lead people. You don't learn how to lead organizations and lead teams and lead vendors and 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 even yeah. customers. I think to an extent need to be led yeah. for sure. And this isn't something that we learn. So then what happens? We get stressed out. We don't run our companies efficiently, and that does affect our wealth and it affects every part around us. Totally. So you and I, you and I were talking, and we were talking about how it's important to understand our values, kind of 
in relation to leadership. So let's talk about values and, and, and how do values, how should they affect how you lead and, 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 uh, and, and, and affect your leadership styles? Yeah, so our values, what we really truly believe in and care about are really the most important parts of who we are, right? Those are the foundational pieces of how we conduct ourselves um, and how we find fulfillment and joy in our whole life, right? Not just in our work, um, but in who we are as human beings. And so, of course, those play a significant role then in how we actually show up, how we behave in our leadership capacities, whether we're leading in our organization, we're leading in our community, or we're just leading ourselves, like how we operate. So what I work a lot with my clients is on really understanding not just what those values are, but how they shape our behavior. So for example, um, lots of my clients have a value of integrity. It's an important value to me too. Um, But the truth is, If there's 7 billion people in this world, there's 7 billion ways to define that one word, integrity. And so it's really key to get really, really granular with what integrity means. Um, And then we can start to think about how do we display that? How do we live that? How do we behave in a way that demonstrates that value of, of integrity? And in particular, in how we lead. Yeah. So do you have Chick-fil-A in, in Canada? Yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Okay. So obviously I think that's a great example of a value, um, you know, having a day to, to, for families to, to worship and go to church and be with each other and closing on Sundays, which at least in the beginning, in theory could have cost the company millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now I think it's almost a marketing point to where it, it, it displays the company's values and people are more loyal to it. But I think that's a great, uh, a great demonstration of leading and acting based on what values are and maybe, you know, having some fear that it could cost some sales, right? Cause sometimes closing on Sundays, I mean, you're not open to sell chicken. Um, so, so yeah, I think, Costco is another great example of that, right? Costco is always closed on national holidays, whether and whatever country they're operating in, right? Because they believe that their staff deserves that day off as well. And you're right. I mean, they don't sell anything on those days. And there are people who are not working who very easily could be shopping. So it is a double whammy to put your money where your mouth is. And that is exactly it. But when we can build our leadership and build our businesses around those things that are the most important to us, our values, um, then we create organizations um, that are really beautiful and they are really respectful and they really are grounded in something that's important and significant. So is that maybe why companies and organizations come up with like mission statements? Maybe so you're, you know, you're clear and you're deciding up front what the decisions are going to be? Yeah, and, and I think having things like a mission statement in your organization is really important. But again, it's where the rubber hits the road because we all have either worked for or know of organizations that have a beautiful mission statement. It's, it's, it's displayed on the wall. Everybody can repeat it. But the truth is, it's in how we interpret that in our behavior, in the way we do things that is significant, right? Mm-hmm. That's what's really important. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, I think it's the doing. It's not 
you know, everybody says family is important, but are you giving the time off? Are you allowing parents to spend time with their children, even right. if it affects business levels or, or potentially does? So, so I, well, I think it's the doing part that's important. And that's exactly it. It's how, how you demonstrate that value, how you demonstrate that that mission statement is important. It's the how that actually makes it real. Yeah, yeah. And but I think when you have those values and you are living by them as an organization, ultimately, are you not going to, number one, have a more loyal uh, uh, workforce? And then, you know, your workforce is going to do the small things better and, and do better jobs, which potentially should in the long term make you more profitable, even though it might seem in the beginning like, like it won't. Like Chick-fil-A, right? Closing one seventh of the week would seem like a bad financial move. Yeah, no. And and I think that is exactly it is when you really have well-articulated values and understand what the behaviors are that you're looking for, it becomes a yardstick throughout your organization. So first and foremost, it's what you're looking for when you're recruiting and hiring new people, right? Do their values align with yours, right? And, and it, and it actually, it becomes um, a bit of an admission ticket, right? They can judge you and you can judge them because if the values don't align, then it's not the right place. for Yeah. Them to you work. don't need the wrong team member joining your team. No, and that's mean, they're exactly, a bad person. They may not just be a, a good fit. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. So you, you can judge right from the start and, and, and in, in your recruitment, in your onboarding, then, you know, it can filter into things like your compensation. You know, when you're talking about holidays and those kinds of things, it can filter into your engagement. It can filter into your performance management. It can filter in um, all throughout your organization. And it does, it becomes the thing by which you measure all of the activities in your business And the truth is it makes hard decisions easy because when you get right down to it, if it's based on your values and it's a no, this doesn't align, then it's not something you do or participate in. Yep. Uh, Walt Disney's brother said, when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. And and I think that's that's exactly, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's still hard decisions because, oh my, you know, ultimately we all want to make money, but realistically, if you're just using money as your metric, you're missing out right? You're, you're absolutely missing out on all the other markers of success in your organization. You know, and keeping with, with values, the San Antonio Spurs are one of the basketball teams that for years and years and years have, you know, they won a lot of championships, but they never had that one, you know, the, the guy that scored 50 points a game. And it's interesting that they had, when they were evaluating potential players, they would have a box with a check that would be not a spur. So they would define what a spur is. And that would be an unselfish player, you know, not a hot shot, those kind of things. And you could even be a more physically talented player, but if you didn't fall into their definition of what a spur is, and which basically was someone who put the team above himself, then you don't get on the team. So, and and that's, that's a great value. And that's how they acted on it. And it worked for them. Yeah, no. And that's exactly it right? They're a great player. You wish them well, but you know that they're not going to fit, right? Right. So again, the decision is easy. Yep. Yep. So leadership brands, I mean, how do you work with leaders to help them kind of decide, uh, number one, what their leadership brand is, and maybe to teach them how to to define it and act on it as well? What are some of the different types of leadership brands that leaders, leaders have? Yeah. So 
the, I mean, the, the, the permutations and combinations are endless because each of us has different values that are important and how those values are then integrated into the way we lead are again, infinitely different in their combinations. So uh, uh, fundamentally, David, it, it's all about leading from within. We have to lead ourselves first. And what does that look like? And what is authentic to each of us? So some people like to lead from the front. They're big, they're high voltage like I am. Um, they, they like to lead the charge. They like to rally the troops. Um, they really are very present and forward in their leadership. But for many others, that's not a comfortable space. And the truth is not every leader needs to be in that way, or at the very least needs to know how to lead from behind and allow others to step in. So that's why leadership brand is so critical, is we really need to understand for ourselves what does being a leader mean? What is important about that? How do our values play a role in that? And then again, how do we show up? What, what is it that we bring to the table as a leader that's unique? And why do people want to follow us? And so when it comes to defining your leadership brand, that's really deeply personal work, right? It, it really is um, about deciding what it is you want to be. And then I, I call it leadership brand because I think that someone as something you know, everybody sort of understands. So when we think about big brands like Nike, what does Nike mean? Well, it's the same for our personal leadership. What does that mean to us, right? So so that's why I've sort of labeled it that way because I think everybody can kind of connect to that. So are, are you referring to, you know, some leaders may be a little softer and, and quieter. Yeah. Some might be the rally yeah. the troop type coach that, uh, you know, pounds the table, you know, lovingly, but but um, yeah. um, and, and maybe not sometimes not lovingly, but um, is that kind of what a leadership brand kind of a style that 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 the leader's personality kind of builds the organization around? Yeah, I, I, it builds the organization. But the truth is, builds your it, it's it really is about building the way you show up in your whole life. So um, and really embracing what you, again, what you bring to the table, because I think each of us has the ability to be a great leader, um, but we have to do that in our own way. Or it's, first of all, it's not meaningful to us. We don't find joy and fulfillment in it, but also it comes off as false or fake, right? So, and then we need to be able to lead in a variety of ways because always being that very present, uh, very, you know, bold leader well, there are moments when we actually need to be able to step back and allow others to lead. We need to be able to co-lead effectively with someone else. And I think many of us have seen this, whether it's in our own businesses or in organizations we've worked for, where two leaders, it becomes an ego contest, right? So how do we lead with someone else? Um, and, and then how do we want to lead more globally, like in our world, in our community? And I think a leadership brand needs to encompass all of those pieces to be truly effective. So I've always heard kind of lead by example and, 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 and um, you know, the leader should not be, you know, too good to empty the trash and things like that. And the leader should do a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah. But I kind of came to, and tell me what your thoughts on this in our organization, I ended up kind of, I don't know, not leading. I ended up doing a little bit of everything. And at a point, I decided that, you know what, we're going to have kind of defined roles and yeah. more defined roles. And it's going to be okay to say, um, you know, 
Lindsay handles this. Let me transfer you to her. She does this. That's her department. And and I could even tell in my smart aleck leadership kind of way, I can tell uh, tell a client. And plus, to be honest, she's much better at it than I am. And I'll even screw it up if, if you if you insist that I handle this transaction. So I'm going to I'm going to get you to her. She knows what she's doing. And then, you know, you you might be the expert in that type of a task in our office. And um, and that started to work well. And 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 and, and that became kind of my leadership style and, and brand was that we were going to start specializing tasks more so that we can serve our clients more more excellently um, with, with subject matter specialists in our office. So yeah, yeah, and I, I so I love that that's part of your leadership brand is that I allow the experts that I've hired to do their jobs effectively. I know, I know what my limits are as 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 a professional, but also as a leader. I know when to step back. Mm-hmm. Now you're still supporting that process. I know you are based on the conversations we've had that you are still supporting that process, even though you're not directly working with the client, you are there to make sure that the roadblocks are out of the way, that people are enabled to do their best work. That's actually really, I think that's a lovely and key piece of the way you step into leading. That That's exactly it, right? Yeah, and, and that, you know, that took a long, that may have taken me a decade to, to get there <laughs> because sometimes I think leaders and entrepreneurs there's there's that badge of honor of ooh I have to do everything um, and oh you know right. I work 139 hours per week and <laughs> and and I work more hours than you do so I'm more honorable and honestly if a leader and an entrepreneur are doing their job correctly not that we don't have to work hard but but you're finding the right tasks to be done by the right people and then that should yeah. make your life easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that that's a great point is that we do as entrepreneurs, and I found this with some clients is when the going, particularly when the going gets tough, like certainly over the last 20 months, what do we do? We go back to what we do well, which is the, you know, the sort of doing piece, Mm -hmm. right? The stuff. And Mm -hmm. in all reality, what we do is we get in the way, right? Especially as our organizations start to grow, we actually become the obstacle instead of leaning into the space where we're maybe a little uncomfortable, which is hands off, right? Mm -hmm. And enabling others. And that's actually a really key piece of leadership is knowing when to step back and how to create the space, the container for others to lead. That's actually, it's really difficult for some of us to do that. It, in the same way, people, is. you know, for those more um, it, people that are more on the introverted side, their challenge is how do I step forward when I need it, right? How do I really become that bigger, more present leader when my team really needs me, right? Yeah. And when to step into that breach. So we all have leading edges is what I would call it in terms of how we lead and what our leadership brand is. But it doesn't have to take a decade to figure that out. That would be that would be my sort of pitch is you you don't have to spend 10 years to figure out what your leadership brand is and where you excel and where you actually need to really step into it. Well, and and honestly, what you just said about you don't have to spend 10 years, that's one of the reasons I love interviewing coaches and consultants and and just people that can help entrepreneurs because by working with a coach you shave off 10 years of learning time. 
and, and you figure, you know, how to do something a little bit better in, in one year instead of 10. So definitely could have could have saved some time, um, you know, if, if would have been working, uh, working with a coach. But one thing for sure about leadership brands is that high voltage leadership brand that is not a lie because you are about <laughs> jumping up and down on this zoom screen. And, and yes, you do have some high voltage leadership. And I love it. And, and you know what? I don't. I mean, I'm not as high energy as you, and that's okay. We're both different people. We can lead in different right. ways, and we can both be be effective. And that's exact. That's what leadership branding is all about. Is just really embracing that uniqueness. What makes you who you are, and a great, and how you lead in a really like what makes you feel passionate about leadership. And you can. My passion shines through on the outside. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's necessarily the right way to lead all the time. So I have to learn to step back. I have to learn how to co-lead with someone else without running them over because that's what I do. Right. Right. Um, so, but, but that's exactly it. It's, it's just about really uncovering what is, what's your leadership superpower, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you do more of that? Um, because that's, what's going to make your leadership in your life and your business more effective. Yep. So I always like to give, you know, one or two action items that listeners can take, you know, whether they decide to ever visit your website or not, or contact you. And um, so let's talk about kind of designing a leadership statement um, for, for ourselves. Like, how do we do that? Why is that important? And, and how can that benefit us and our organizations? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll give you sort of three simple steps to do it. So again, the first one is, really diving in and getting clear on what do you really value as a human being, right? Not in your Mm -hmm. business, not as a leader, what's really important to you. Um, I want to throw something in there that it is okay for any leader to say, I value profit. I value revenue. Um, It doesn't have to be profit over, over, you know, your values, but you know, in today's world, profits almost become a bad word. And um, I think, you know, we need profit. So we need to have activities that generate sales or else there's no reason for the organization to, to exist. And then, and then yeah. the company goes under. So. so I would tweak that just a little bit. And I would say I value success. Okay. So, so profit isn't a value. It's a metric, right? It's measurement of how well your company is doing. Sure. Okay. What I would suggest is that the value is success. I value success. Hey, I do too, right? Now, what are the what are the things inside of that success value that are meaningful? And profit absolutely could be one of those things. But what else is success for you, right? That that's where we get really granular with it, and where we find out really important things. Well, success for me, I'll give you my example. Success for me is time with my baby grandson, mm-hmm. right? So that really connects to my family value, and you'll start to see the linkages between these pieces. Um, so that you can start to really feel how these values are going to reflect in your life, then you can translate that into your leadership. Well, if success is important to me as a person, it's going to be important to me as a leader. Well, how do I how do I measure that success as the leader? Okay, well, again, one of those measurements could be that my business is profitable. Well, how do I make my business profitable? Right? What's important about success? How do I help others? on my team understand that success value, right? That's, that's again, where the rubber starts to hit the road. Um, so that's the first step in defining your leadership brand. The second step is really about your leadership superpowers. What are you really great at as a leader? Again, 
Mine is being high voltage, right? My energy is infectious. People want to follow me. I've always been the captain of the team. I've always been the upfront leader. So that's my superpower. The reflection side of that is I have some work to do on how I lead from behind, how I hold and create space for others to step in their leadership. But that high voltageness helps them feel empowered, right? So that superpower space is a really important step in defining your leadership brand. So how do I know what my superpower is? Or how might I find out? (laughs) So my first suggestion is that's where you might want to engage with a coach. Or if you have a mentor that you work with, they would be able to help you with that um, particular superpower. You could also ask your team. Mm -hmm. You could ask your colleagues. They would be able to help you um, and reflect on what those superpowers are. The truth is, it's kind of hard to read the label from inside the bottle sometimes. So it is important to have others that can bring that perspective to you in defining that superpower if you're uncertain. Right. So have some brave conversations or, again, engage with a coach because coaches can really help you um, sort through uh, some of those pieces and bring that to light because they can reflect to you. Um, And then the third step is and um, I'm not sure if it's actually on the website or not, but I'd be happy to share it with your uh, listeners is really to use those two pieces to to actually craft a, a leadership brand statement. Right. So get it into words, something that you can easily translate into every situation. Um, And it is really powerful to have that articulation, um, to see it on paper and then to understand how you can leverage that in all the different places that you lead. So that's really the the sort of nuts and bolts of building um, a leadership brand statement. And again, that's the basis for all of your leadership decisions and your leadership actions, which you know, it just, it makes perfect sense to kind of, to have that, that the basis and the values kind of, uh, kind of determined, uh, you know, before anything happens. So, well, that is really cool. Now I want to hear like about your company and what type of people you work with, what you do. And, um, you know, if anybody was interested in contacting you and, 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 how would they do that? Where would they find you? And, uh, and how does your coaching process work? Yeah. So, um, I, first of all, I, I love working one-on-one, um, with entrepreneurs and small business owners. I do focus quite a bit on female entrepreneurs, but that's not to say that I don't work with men in my practice as well. Um, and what I do is engage one-on-one with these incredible individuals, Um, usually for somewhere between three to six months to start with. And that is an important timeframe because in order to have the transformation and to really start to dig deeply into some of these really personal pieces, we need time to connect together. So, So that's usually the starting point. And then it moves forward from there. I have had clients Uh, that I've been working with for over two years now, helping them not only build their leadership brand, but also to really build a work and life blend. And I talk about blend, not balance, Mm because I think balance is ridiculous. Um, And and really uh, manage their whole life, their whole world in a way that creates um, a really joyful and meaningful and fulfilling experience for them. And that's really tricky as entrepreneurs, right? We're working that 139 hour week 
How do we create a blend where we don't have to feel, feel guilty, feel neglectful, feel like we're not working hard enough? And a lot of that work that I do there centers around our own saboteurs, that critical inside voice that you know tells us we're not enough. And for so many of us, that voice is very loud and it's very present. And in order to be successful in our life and our business, we really need to get a grip on that. And that takes you know, a deep, connected coaching relationship to do that. Oh, I mean, every organization is hindered by what's between the leader's ears. It's Just, I mean, and the only, true. yeah, and the only way to get through, I mean, there's a, a few ways to get through that, but a coaching relationship is is very important. For years and years, I just, I don't know why, but it was in my mind that we closed at five. I had to be here till five or after. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would get here some days at six or seven a.m. So yeah. it's not like I ever would come close to not working a lot. But you know, we close at five. I have to be here. Well, no, I got to the point where no, I may leave early and it's not even early. It's, it's, it's at the time that I chose. And that was simply in my mind. There's no reason for that <laughs> other than myself telling me that. Now, of course, if there's a day where you're short staffed and you need a physical oh, yeah. body to take care of the customer, yeah, you do what you have to do. But, um, you know, Thank there's you. no, um, you know, and my wife used to, you know, kind of refer to what I do as a job. It's not a job. You know, jobs are different than entrepreneurial business ownership oh. positions, not even close. Oh. Um, yeah, they both yeah. have positives and negatives, but it's not a job. And, um, and, and uh, in going to some conferences and being around entrepreneurs, she's, she said, wow, these people are different. I was like, yeah, they are. Yeah. You know, these driven yeah. entrepreneurs are just different people and that's, that's yeah. okay. So, yeah. Yeah. This is our life. Right. This is our life. We invest a lot in these organizations, a lot of our time, our money, and the truth is a lot of ourselves. Yeah. So if we aren't working on what, like you said, what's between our own ears, what our thought process is, those saboteurs that drive us and tell us we're not working hard enough, we're not successful enough, we're not doing enough, we're not building enough. If we're not working on that, um, then we are absolutely hindering our own business and our own team. Um, I also do, um, because I have an extensive background in human resources and talent management, I also work with these leaders in their organization to help them build those really high performing teams, build those beautiful cultures that we all want that really enable our, our, our teams, our employees to do their best work and bring their best self to work. Um, and I do that through what I call people strategy which is really the bridge between your talent and your business plan, right? And how you're going to get that incredible asset that is your people to grow your business. And that is really key, especially in small organizations where really every person counts. Every, everyone is yeah. there and makes a difference every day. Um, so that's really compelling work to do when I can work with a leader to get their head on straight, essentially, get them leading really effectively, and then help them build a, a culture and, a, and a, an organization where everybody gets to fire on all cylinders. There, there's, no, there's no stopping them at that point, right? Yep, absolutely. And the entire team has to be engaged and that's oh. or else or else the organization is just not uh, not going to function properly. And that's right. not to say that um, uh, I, I, I stayed at Ritz Carlton years ago at a conference and, and the, uh, they, they talked about the Ritz Carlton method and, you know, how even, you know, the housekeepers who are as important as anybody 
just yeah. in, a, in a different way, you know, they, they would really kind of drum down that our guests deserve, you know, the clean room and our guests deserve to have their room cleaned at the right time. And if, if you were someone who just couldn't get that mindset of our guests deserve, you just didn't last at the risk Carlton because that was their value. And, no, and you may have done well in another company that had a different value because all companies have, you know, lower end hotels. There's a, there's a, there's a place for them as well. Totally. And they could be very profitable. They just can't charge a thousand dollars a night, and and they 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 have a different uh, a different business plan for sure. So, and that's a perfect example because every employee at the Ritz Carlton is sees themselves as a leader. They are enabled to do what they need to do to make the guests stay memorable, yep. unforgettable. Yep. I think maybe yep. the, actually their word, but every employee in that business sees themselves as a leader. And when you can get all of your employees seeing themselves as as a leader in your business, as, as adding value every day, as driving that mission statement, that's when your profits absolutely go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another thing about the Ritz Carlton that was very interesting, and this was this is going on ten years ago, so it may have changed, but every employee, every team member in the entire organization had, I think it was a fifteen hundred dollar um, available allowance to make any problem right no questions asked exactly. so you know we trust you if it yeah. and, and again guest is paying 1500 bucks a night so you know if you have to comp their 300 dollars meal but but there would never be a question on why did you give them that to make them happy no the value is we do whatever we have to to make them happy and you have right. 1500 dollars to do it and if if that doesn't do it then we go to the next level up and 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 go through the chain of command, but but that's a great way of living through values, and also that's a great way of creating an experience that's that's worth Ritz Carlton type premium because that that yeah. you know they're they're not cheap. So. Yeah, and it's a great. It's not only is it a great experience for your guest, right? They feel infinitely cared for. It's an incredible experience for your employee, yeah, right? Absolutely, because they feel like they have the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they can lead in the way they need to, to make that thing happen, to live those values that, I mean, you just, I mean, that's the ultimate example. And we're not doing a commercial for Ritz Carlton, but apparently we are, but that really is a great example of what building leadership in your team, as well as yourself uh, can do for your organization. No question. No question at all. So for all of the leaders out there that are maybe struggling and they feel like they would like to have help with developing their leadership brand and developing their leadership abilities to number one, make their organization run smoother and run within their values, but also quite honestly, to make them have an easier and better life as well. Because when the team is not functioning correctly, it does put a burden on the leader. Um, Go to highvoltagecoaching.ca. That's highvoltagecoaching.ca. There's a book, a call uh, link and and just see if, 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 if Lindsay White's services might be something that would help you. And I, I promise everybody that will never regret spending time, money, and resources on areas that can help to improve ourselves and our weaknesses. 
So, so to, to close out the show, I would like to ask you the question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask. And I'd like to know Lindsay's, uh, Lindsay's definition of true wealth. So we are the weekly wealth podcast, and we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. And honestly, some of the tactics and strategies that we talked about today can help businesses to run more profitably and help, help build wealth, not only for the owner and entrepreneur, but also the team members. But, um, but yeah, what's your definition of true wealth? Yeah, what a great question. Um, um, <laughs> um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of true wealth is I think of freedom, right? And, and that is the freedom to be able to, for me, to be able to connect, right? So whether that's with my family um, and the people that I really love, whether that's time to connect just with my husband and be able to do the things uh, that we need to do freely without any restriction. Um, I also think about true wealth as um, just the opportunities that it presents to actually really, um, really bring some of those values that I have to life. So when, when you have true wealth, you have fulfillment and joy. Right. And, and so, you know, my definition isn't necessarily monetary. That doesn't mean that that, you know, that that isn't in there somewhere. Um, But for me, it's really about being able to have the freedom to, to live those values that are, are just so, so crucial to who I am and, and how I, you know, enjoy my world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Get money out of the way. Get, get it out of not be a restricting factor. Yes. Beautifully said, right. Uh To have the money, to have the resources, um, to just be able to do the things that I really love doing and that make me feel, feel good. Make me feel fulfilled. Uh No, no question. No question. I'm still waiting for someone to give me a dollar amount of true wealth and nobody has yet. (laughs) Just about everybody has given some version of freedom, uh, be able to be fulfilled, you know, give back to the world, things like that. Nobody's ever said when I get to a million dollars or ten million dollars or a hundred million dollars, I'll have I'll have true wealth. So it's yeah. it's very interesting that nobody has put a um, put a dollar amount, but a lack of money or a lack of handling money properly definitely gets in the way of your freedom. You know, yeah. I mean, if you can't go out on date night with your husband because you don't have any money, doesn't mean you don't love him, but it means you you know you're just lacking that experience that that you could have had. Totally. You can't connect in the same way. You can't take care of people in the way you want to take care of them. You don't have the time perhaps that you would need in order to do that. You maybe perhaps can't, for me, can't show up authentically, right? Mm -hmm. Because perhaps you end up doing or being things that you don't want to do or be because you need to make money. So you're right. The, The financial piece sort of underpins all the rest of those pieces, uh, coming true really. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just really appreciate your authenticity. I appreciate your expertise and I appreciate your passion and energy. Um, it just, you know, it shows, it shows through that you believe in what you're talking and, um, and honestly, even having your, your, your brand name, high voltage coaching, um, you know, that fits you. And I do think that's important because I don't think high voltage coaching or high voltage financial planning might work for me because I'm not as energetic and everything right. and, and, and it's both. Okay. So I love that authenticity and how your brand actually fits who you are. 
And there may be some other coaches that are very effective and and they're lower energy and that's okay also. But, um, you know, we all have our, we all have our style. So that is awesome. So once again, visit highvoltagecoaching.ca because you are in Canada. And um, until next episode, we wish everybody a blessed week.